Fordiumbox.com here. So we're going to be reacting to an article called Earn $2,000 in Monthly Retirement Dividends with Three Easy Steps. So let's get right into uh, this article. So dividend income is an important part of the best retirement plans, but some groundwork is required to get it right. Social Security benefits are great, but they generally aren't high enough and were never designed to achieve the lifestyle that many people aspire to enjoy all on their own. So the amount of dividends that you'll get in retirement is based on the amount of assets you can build up to the point of retirement as well as how you invest those assets in your golden years. So if you want to do this efficiently and responsibly, there are some important rules to try to follow that will get you there. Number one, save enough to build wealth. It's a stretch to call this an easy step, but it's a straightforward one. You won't get retirement dividends without capital to invest, and you can't accumulate capital to invest without saving some income. I would have to agree with this because this is the thing, right? This is actually one of the hardest things for people to actually do, right? Because you have to learn how to be able to save money before you're even able to take the next step to start paying off your debt. And some people, well, actually not just some, more than 50% of people, I believe, in the United States alone cannot survive a four to $500 emergency, right? Meaning they have such little amount of money in their bank account that they can't even pay out of pocket for a like 400 to $500 emergency. That is crazy when you really think about it. And if you're in that situation, you really need a lot of help. Like you need to take your financial life very seriously because that is an extremely scary situation. So households should strive to save at least 15% of earned income each year. There will be some years when that's not possible, so it's important to save even more if you can. So with that goal in mind, there are some successful strategies to improve savings rates. Now, the interesting thing about this, right, I do agree with this to some extent, right? Because here's the thing. Yes, households should try to save at least 15% of their income, right? But after you end up saving enough money to fully fund your emergency fund, really, the rest of the money should basically be going towards investments and just basically like different goals that you have that end up coming up, right? Now you could end up basically substituting though like different goals thing as like a sinking fund that you just save money into like your checking account for like daily monthly expenses that you just don't necessarily care about after you've already saved your emergency fund because your margins are so crazy that you could pretty much live your life basically doing whatever you want without ever actually having to uh, care too much about your budget. But those are in like really rare circumstances where you have 
no debt, basically no expenses, a decent income, but because your expenses are typically so low, it doesn't even matter to you at all. So you just have this like sinking fund inside your account that you just spend your like daily expenses in there because that account has like no chance of actually going down in value. It's just constantly going up and up and up and up and up. But those are in like really rare circumstances. So you could open up a bank account that's separate from your checking account to discourage spending. I agree with that. This helps you track progress and organize your cash. Save a set amount of each paycheck into this account. So if you can do this with direct deposit, even better. Your account balance will steadily grow over time. Also, take advantage of the benefits of different retirement accounts. So take advantage of employer 401k matches to increase your total savings. If you're in a relatively high tax bracket during your peak earning years, consider a traditional IRA to increase tax deductions. Roth IRAs are also great options for many people, particularly younger investors. Contributions are made after taxes have already been subtracted from your income, but Roths grow and are distributed in retirement tax-free. Which means, let's say that, like, this is the difference, like, this is why, like, for example, if you're in a situation where your employer does have a 401k, but they do not match, meaning like they do not, not match your money that you put into it or provide you with a match at all, I would lean more to the Roth IRA just because when you end up retiring, and let's say that you wanted to take the money out of there, right? Well... Let's use two numbers, right? You got the 401k that has a million dollars in it. You have a Roth IRA that has $1 million in it. When you go take it out, the 401k million dollars is not actually going to be a million dollars because you're going to have to pay taxes on that, expenses, blah, blah, blah kind of stuff, right? Whereas with the Roth IRA, that million dollars is literally a million dollars if you were to take it out at the time of your retirement. So that's something to really think about it. Do you really want to lose a good percentage of that money to the government when you put that money in there yourself? You know, that's something to really think about. So for a household earning $100,000 per year, a 15% savings rate equates to 12, well, 1,000, $250 each month. So over 30 years, that adds up to $450,000. And again, that's not even factoring in, you know, compound interest or anything like that. So number two, invest for growth. So the amount of dividend income that your investment portfolio can generate is based on the value of your account. The more capital invested, the higher the dividends. That's why it's so important to responsibly maximize your investment account values at the time of retirement. That will dictate the amount of cash flow available after you stop working. So it's an absolute necessity to make sure you invest for growth over the course of your working life. Even modest growth can be transformative over long time frames. Consider the hypothetical household that saves $1,250 per month. 
If those savings were invested to achieve a 5% net rate of return each year, which is extremely low, that account would swell to around $1 million over 30 years. That rate of return is well below the yearly average for major stock market indexes such as the S&P 500. So it's a reasonable assumption. And again, this type of investing is very hands-off. This is like basically all automated investing. So retirement investment strategies should vary with age. Younger saviors have time to write up market cycles, so volatility isn't as big a concern. These accounts should be allocated for maximum growth. As you get closer to retirement, then you won't have as much time to recover from market crashes and corrections. That means you need a more conservative allocation to bring stability and limit downside risk. Always make sure that your investment allocation is aligned with your risk tolerance and time horizon. You shouldn't chase returns by taking on too much risk, but you should ensure that your portfolio compensates you appropriately for whatever volatility you endure. Number three, maximize dividend income responsibly. Once you've reached retirement, it's all about getting the most income from your investment portfolio without exposing yourself to catastrophic risk. The best dividend portfolio for retirees holds high yield stocks, has some level of diversification, and avoids dud investments that could drastically slash dividends. So stock picking can be a valid strategy for long-term growth, but it's less effective when stability is the priority. That's not to say that index investing is the best way to go, but any individual stock should be part of a diversified portfolio in a retirement income portfolio. You don't want your whole plan to fall apart if a company fails or drastically downsizes 10 years from now due to unforeseen developments. The best stocks for long-term dividend income have stable profits and high sustainable dividends. So look for companies with economic moats, steady long-term revenue growth, stable profit margins, and relatively low payout ratios. So dividend aristocrats are popular stocks, popular stocks that constantly or consistently raise dividends over time. These are the great for stability, but many of them have fairly low yields right now. So master limited partnerships, MLPs, and real estate investment trusts REITs are also popular income investments that can be purchased just like stocks. Now, personally, what I'd do, I'd focus more heavily into like index funds typically you know, like the S&P 500 growth also provides a dividend and you could basically have that set up to basically automatically reinvest that money straight back into the account like for example you can literally go onto like Robinhood down below or Acorns down below and literally just start automatically investing your money in like five minutes like it's crazy when you think about it but I'd do that because it's more hands-off. So a dividend exchange traded funds, or ETFs, are another great tool for retirees. These provide instant diversification, and you can even pick ETFs that only buy high-yield stocks with good financial health. So the Vanguard High Dividend Yield ETF, which you can buy on Robinhood down below, the Schwab 
U.S. Dividend Equity ETF, and the iShares International Select Dividend ETF are all popular reputable funds that can deliver the investment income you need, which again, can all be automatically invested using Robinhood in the description. So great dividend yield for a diversified low-risk portfolio in today's market is just under 3%. Take that household that saves $1,250 each month and earns a 5% rate of return on those savings for 30 years, which grows to a $1 million investment portfolio in retirement. A 2.7% dividend yield on that $1 million in savings would produce around $2,250 per month. And the thing that you got to really think about it, there's a lot of ETFs that basically provide that. Like the S&P 500 like index funds that basically like focus on that is pretty darn close to that 2.7% dividend yield already. That being said, there's also individual stocks that provide dividend yields for a very long time. I'm talking like 10 plus years of more than that. So that's something to really think about. So stay tuned for more episodes about personal finance and just financial things in general. If you want to learn how to get out of debt so that you can put more money towards these investments, these types of investments, to where you could really solidify your retirement, go to 40inbox.com to learn how to get out of debt. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by our personal finance courses. So if you have problems with mastering your money and you need help, go down below and learn how to master your money. And this is a plan that anyone of any income level can follow. It is simple and easy to follow for any income level in any situation and is very straight to the point. And if you want to learn how to make money online, go down below as well. And we'll see you in future episodes.